Oh, my next guest writes at the New York Post that the mainstream media lied to me about conservatives. He says that there was a time when I perceived the world of politics through a deceptive lens that our mainstream media optimist provided me. He used to be a Democrat. Now he's a very popular conservative online. His name is Adam Coleman. He's the founder of Wrong Speak Publications. He's an author and a speaker, and he joins us right now. Good morning, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're glad to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I guess um, tell us a little bit about your journey. You're, um, you, you started out as a Democrat, but you say that you didn't really have any conservative friends. So maybe you should just start there. Yeah, um, I think it mostly has to do with location. You know, I I primarily lived in uh, northern to central New Jersey, um, generally rather, rather blue, um, generally liberal, not super liberal, but generally liberal. Um, and as far as like discussing politics, I know it's more normal to discuss politics these days openly. Uh, but even personally, when I would discuss politics with people, everybody was a Democrat. Um, so my my view of what it meant to be a conservative or a Republican basically came from media filtering. It didn't come from uh, a one on one interaction. I probably knew if I really think about it, maybe two Republicans that I had some sort of interaction with uh, throughout my adult life uh, before I started actually seeking out conversations with conservatives, uh, being around conservatives. Um, and, and like I said in the article, actually going to a conservative conference just to hear what they had to say. Um, and, and my viewpoint is that I am socially conservative uh, these days, uh, and it seems like it's a conservative viewpoint when you say, hey, I just don't want my kids sexualized, and I don't think we should mutilate children, um, which is a shame. I thought that was something that we all used to agree on. But yeah, I guess if that's one of those standards, then I'm, I'm a social conservative today. Uh, politically, I'm an independent. Uh, and I just voted for Republican for the first time in my life on Sunday. Wow. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Adam Coleman. He's an author and a writer. His new piece in the New York Post talks about how uh, he transitioned from a Democrat to a conservative. Uh, and his uh, latest Substack article talks about how he repo- voted Republican for the first time in his life. So do you want to summarize that for us? Why you decided to vote Republican, Adam? Uh, I, I touched on it with a couple things. The sexualization of children, uh, exposing them to sexual content in schools, and how when parents started speaking up about it, uh, the media started slandering them as being white supremacists and bigots. And it's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that it's LGBT or not. You're discussing sexuality. You're having very explicit content, so much so that when parents would read stuff that in these books at the school board, they would cut them off for being explicit. And I'm watching this and I'm like, why are the Democrats making this a divisive, divisive issue? And it's because the Democrats have become socially progressive. Politically, they teeter back and forth with, you know, making it sound like they're catering to progressives, but they really aren't. They're, you know, their establishment, uh, their establishment types, but socially, they want to sound progressive. And so they will do everything possible to signal that this is fine. It's acceptance. Yes. You know, and I, I said the other day when Joe Biden sat down and said, basically advocated for the mutilation of children on television, in his own words, I said, oh, that's the death nail right there. Like that, that's it. That's it for the Democrats. Like that is not a popular position whatsoever. And they've gone so far left 
that I can't, I can't support it. I, I've actually just stopped supporting them a while ago, but this is the first opportunity. I just, I just decided to actually go to the polls and, and vote Republican because they're the only ones that have the most common sense. Like, hey, the very basic thing that we used to not even dispute, we didn't even talk about it because it's so basic. You don't sexualize children and you don't advocate to mutilate them. They've gone so far to the left that the Republicans seem like the most reasonable choice. And I, I, I can't like, what am I, what else am I supposed to do? If you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Adam Coleman. He's an author and a writer. He's talking about uh, what it was like to come into contact with conservatives for the first time in his life and why he voted Republican for the first time in his life. If you have a question, you can send us in a text at 573-319-1586. Now, Adam, this is kind of a, this might be a little bit of a difficult question here, but I mean, you know, the, to, to my knowledge and understanding, the African-American community is, you know, largely socially conservative because the, the African-American community is largely Christian. So it, it was it the issue of the mutilation of children that really took it too far because, you know, there are plenty of African-Americans who are, um, you know, happily Democrat. You know, they go to church on Sunday, but they're not going to vote Democrat this fall because they don't believe that the Republican Party has their best interests at heart. They're, they they might not feel as comfortable about the um, the sexualization of children, but it's not going to be the kind of thing that's going to have them make such a radical transition in their voting patterns. Or is what you're doing here, voting Republican, would you say that you're an anomaly or would you say that more people, you know, in the black community are starting to see these and make these kinds of changes? Unfortunately, I still think I'm an anomaly, uh, but I think there are more anomalies that are out there. Um, I think there are more people like myself, I talk to them all the time, who are waking up and saying, whether it's the sexualization of children or other things, they're saying something's not right here. And, you know, the Republican Party, at the very least, is not doing those things. And in some cases, doing things to prevent it from happening, uh, which is why I support Ron DeSantis, because he's the only one I don't want to say only one, but he's the the biggest when it comes to actually attacking, you know, people like to say the culture war stuff, but it actually means something to some of these people. And to some of these parents, yes, having this content in schools, you know what, we should have some sort of board. We should have some sort of limitation when it comes to it, because we wouldn't say Playboy should be in schools. Why? Because we know it's, it's explicit content. So that means that we're not banning that book just to ban books. We're banning that book because we want to prevent children from being stuff that's inappropriate. Um, and I think that more Black Americans are seeing this, but unfortunately, the largest hurdle that Republicans will ever have is the narrative that all Republicans and conservatives are racist. This is a good uh, conversation that we're having with Adam Coleman. One of our listeners texted in and asked a question for you, Adam. They said, ask him what it means to be a conservative to him. Pro-life, limited government, support the Second Amendment, rugged individualism, conserve what we have. Um, how would you de define a conservative, uh, Adam? Uh, well, actually, very close to what, what this person said. Um, uh, you know, I even when I was a Democrat, I, I was a moderate I, I had no problem with people owning guns. Um, I didn't personally own a gun, but I didn't have a problem with uh, people owning guns. Uh, and I think that the old position of being a moderate Democrat and moderate Republican were very close to each other. Like you kind of understood um, some of the positions and maybe not everything. Uh, the only thing that I have wholly changed was uh, I was pro-choice and I'm wholly pro-life, wholly pro-life. Um, and 
that is that's probably like the strongest position change that I've that I've made within the past number of years uh, for a multitude of reasons. So you know that's why a lot of the things I write about family, uh, fatherhood, children, you know, because I understand how important it is for our society. And then when I see one political party like Stacey Abrams, who I think has become the anti-NATO candidate, who is talking about abortion in the same way about um, leasing a vehicle, about the economics of abortion. Something about that is extremely dehumanizing. And I don't know why anybody would support something like that. Um, And that is how far left and how far crazy where a mainstream politician, or she's not in office, but a mainstream candidate, let's just say, um, is advocating for the stuff that we would have thought was insane six, seven years ago. Yeah, Adam, uh, we're speaking to Adam Coleman, if you're just tuning into the morning show here. Uh, One of our listeners texted in, they were talking about this conversation we've been having this morning about the Atlantic author who called for a general pandemic amnesty for things that were said and done during the pandemic. I know that yesterday you tweeted something about that one, um, but you were you were generally, you know, righteously indignant at the concept, the idea that we might offer some kind of an amnesty to the left for all of the ills that they uh, that they committed during the pandemic. And I've been sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit on this morning. And, uh, you know, one of our listeners texted in and said, if you don't allow people to apologize when they are wrong, then they have no incentive to admit when they are wrong. And we'll just get more of the doubling down that so many of them did throughout the pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's the problem. They're not apologizing. What that article is basically saying is saying, let bygones be bygones and move on. Right. And that that's not an apology. And you don't just get amnesty just because you think you should get amnesty. And and that's my problem with it. You know, I am a Christian. I understand people want second chances. But from the media, the, the same media that said, I want grandma to die, the same media that said I'm a conspiracy theorist, the, the same media that did everything possible to slander me, the same media that advocated for the government to do something about misinformation so we couldn't question anything, the same left-wing government that went to OSHA and tried to enforce a, a needle into my arm or else I get constant testing. Th- these are the same people who are now saying, oh, hey, listen, we got caught up. <laughs> hey, hey, for, forgive us. Like, like they just had a drunk night the night before and they just lost their mind a little bit. I w- hey, let's just move on. You know, that's not where we're at, because I'll tell you this. I lost someone close to me because they got the booster. And then two weeks later, they're fighting a blood clot near their heart and they died. They forced my wife to get a jab or else she loses her job in New York City. This is personal to me. And for someone to say, oh, we'll just let it go. Let's forget. I remember the same people who used to use, I know someone who died from COVID as a legitimization for everything that happened, but we're not allowed to say, I know someone who died from the vaccine as a legitimization to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't push this on everybody. So yeah, I have a, as you can hear in my voice, I have a big problem with the idea of just complete amnesty. Well, I certainly think that uh, a lot of my listeners and viewers would agree with you, Adam. Um, is there uh, anything else that you think our, my listeners should know before I let you go? Um, anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, um, definitely check out my Substack, um, adambcoleman.substack.com. Uh, um, also check out Wrongspeak Substack, wrongspeak.substack.com. Uh, we're doing everything possible to push narratives 
that are counter narrative or and just advocate for freedom of speech for people to express themselves. So we take submissions for wrong speak. So definitely check us out. Um, and, and generally speaking, I'm, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be in London. Actually, I'm leaving tonight uh, to be on trigonometry and, and to do some press out there. I'll be at America Fest this December uh, at a table. So stop by. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to be everywhere. It sounds great. And it looks like from the feedback that I'm getting from the audience over in the comments that they really loved the interview. They said, Adam is very good. Great interview. Bring him back. Adam Coleman, thank you very much for your time today. We're delighted to have you on the program. Thank you. Anytime.